What's so special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? These ultra-low net carb baked goods contain zero sugar, fewer calories, and more protein than the leading brands, and are high in fiber to support gut health. Shop now at Hero.co. Welcome to Football 24-7. I'm your guy, Tony DeShields II, and I'm joined by our Eagles insider, John McMullen. You guys are liked it on Jacob Sports YouTube channel. Smash that like button. Make sure you guys stay engaged in the content. We appreciate all the love and support that you guys always provide. As you guys can see, John is not in his usual digs. We actually have John at the Novacare Complex covering a very eventful day for the Philadelphia Eagles. Today was the final roster cut day. Now, we all know Harry Roseman is a is a magician when it comes to maneuvering the cap, maneuvering the roster, even after the roster cut day. But, John, please walk us through so far what has gone on today, man. It's been really uh, it's been really a day, a good day for a lot of people, you know, a bad day for others. But overall, you know, how was this day for the Philadelphia Eagles by your estimation? Well, it's always a tough day from the standpoint of obviously you start this thing with 90 guys and all of a sudden you got to go down to 53. Now, a bunch of them will be back uh, tomorrow uh, on the practice squad. So that that helps a little bit. But uh, it's always a tough day from the organization standpoint as far as saying goodbye, making some difficult decisions. Um and yeah, it's it's changed a little bit over the last few years, which I, I was, you know, I asked Howie about the fact that, you know, now you have the expanded practice squad, which is 16 instead of 10. You, you have the ability to put veterans on the practice squad. A few years ago, you couldn't put veterans on the practice squad. And you also have the, the more liberal IR rules, um, you know, back in the old days, if you place the guy on IR at any point that meant he was done for the season and now it's it's four games so that's changed uh, his roster building philosophy as it should because there's more flexibility and, and a perfect example is today a lot of people use that word final tone it's I, I like to use the word initial it's the initial mm. cut down to 53 because you know, perfect example, the Eagles don't have a punter right now. So obviously they're going to have a punter uh, week one in New England. So uh, they're going to have guys in tomorrow to work out at the Novacare Complex. And, you know, they haven't shut the door on Aaron Sipas just yet. If nobody, uh, 
uh, catches their fancy, they might go back to her. And I know fans don't want to hear that. And I would say it's right. unlikely. Once you go down this route, it's very unlikely. I think they're going to go in a different direction. But they did mention that specifically he might be back. But uh, I, I don't necessarily believe that. Um, they also went <clears throat> very light at wide receiver. They only kept four wide receivers. They went very light at, at linebacker, which we thought they might, only keeping three, cutting Nicholas Morrow. They kept 13, 13 defensive front players. And I've been talking all summer, really since the spring, with Jody on Birds 365, how deep they were on the front. And even I didn't think they'd keep 13, but they kept 13 because yeah. they didn't want to cut any of them. Um, and that's how good they are. But I, I don't know how tangible that can be moving forward. So I think you might see some movement there. And then they made the trade with Denver for another tight end. Albert, and I want to, I'm calling him Albert O until I learn how to pronounce his <laughs> last name. Right. right. Um, you know, big six foot five, 260 pound guy who can run, um, despite his size, regarded as more of a receiver. But I, I, you know, I assumed when I heard when I heard they made that trade, I assumed they'd be releasing, uh, waving Grant Calcaterra, but they kept Grant. So they have four tight ends right now. Um, so, yeah, I mean, there's going to be more movement in, in, in the coming day, uh, coming days. I, I would say as far as the waiver wire goes, one, one thing working against the Eagles – uh, is the fact that they're 31st in the pecking order because obviously they went to the Super Bowl, only Kansas City's behind them. So even if they claim a player, they're going to hope 30 teams don't claim them as well. So that makes it more difficult. Um, but there are other avenues as well. Uh, you can sign vested players at any point. You don't have to get them through waivers. Um Kayvon Wallace was released, which was a little bit of a surprise. Now, I've already heard that he's probably not going to be back. Uh, you know, he's he's going to have some other offers. Um, so that's a difficult loss. And and one thing I, I've talked about when I looked at today, and I've been saying, I said it this morning, and I had no idea how bad it was going to be, but nobody – and the Novacare complex cares about poor Michael Clay. Nobody. I mean, they did. Think about it, Tone. They lost. I'm glad you went there because we're going to talk about that special teams today. Yeah. Now, this was a top five offense and a top five defense last year. Obviously, one of the best teams in the NFL. Number three on offense, number two on defense. They were bottom five in special teams. Mm. Bottom five. And obviously, it, it, it reared its ugly head at the worst time in the Super Bowl. Everybody knows, you know, they talk about, you might want to talk about the blown coverages, the defense. But the play that tilted that game was special teams and the, the poor punt by Sipos and the big return by Kadarius Toney, which set up Patrick Mahomes at the five-yard line or whatever it was. Um, that's the play that tilted the game. And usually the Eagles are a savvy organization and they learn, man, I got to tell you, they, so two of their best special teams players, they lost in, in to injury, which 
you know, that's not their fault. Sean Bradley, Zach McPherson, both tore their Achilles. Right. Uh, they cut Kayvon Wallace, who's one of their better special teams player. And they cut Kyron Johnson, who's one of their better special teams players. And the two rookies that stood out in special teams, Makai Gardner, they did not keep. And Ben Van Sumeren, they did not keep. Now, the most likely, I would say, very likely get both back on the practice squad. So, um, and you can elevate. You know, I've heard the argument that, well, the Eagles weren't good on special teams last year, which is fair. So you want to get better. But where's the better? They didn't get they didn't get better on special teams. They don't have players that could be better than Kayvon Wallace or Kyron Johnson. The two guys they did, they they waived them as well, potentially so, at least. And so why so why do you think this is their approach? I mean, you know, sorry to cut you off, John, but you know, this this isn't the first year they've been mediocre. In, well, below par, let's put it that way, because mediocre is average, right? They've been below average on special teams. And this isn't the first year this has been the case. It's actually been a, a, a steady progression, right? You know, why do you think yeah. Kyrie Roseman is approaching it this way, knowing that he's had so many losses like us, Sean Bradley and Zach McPherson, and then uh, key guys from key guys from last year's special teams didn't even end up making the roster? You know, why why do you think this is the method to his madness? You know, I asked Howie that very question, and he said, "No, nah, we're very you know focused on it and trying to give Michael Clay what he needs." But I just don't see the substance behind the words. I, I um, you know, if you if you look back at the history of this organization, really going back to Andy Reid and when John Harbaugh was a special teams coach, they always had one or two players that sort of led their resume with special teams, whether it was all the way back to Ike Reese, you know. Um, Chris Maragos, Brian Brayman more recently, when it went to Chip Kelly and Dave Fipp, they were still doing it. And then sort of at the end of, of the Doug Peterson regime, they stopped doing it. And I can't tell you why, because nobody will give me a straight answer, but that correlates with they haven't been as good on special teams. And I get it. It's like, nobody cares about special teams. I get it. But then you care about special teams when something bad happens and you shouldn't be surprised. Is, what I'm, is I'm it this hard? Is it this hard to build a, a quality special teams group? Is it, it's, see, I've always been curious about how to build a special teams group because I mean, it's, I don't know. And you tell me if I'm wrong, right? I don't know if it's as easy to spot, great special teams players versus bad special teams players as it is to spot someone who's great on offense, you know, and great on defense. You know, I, I feel like it's easier to spot the top end of your roster, the bottom the bottom half of your roster. You have to be a little bit more in tune with the nuance of the game. You know, is it really this difficult to really build a quality special teams, at least a, an above average one? Yeah, I, I don't think it is because if you look at um, like Matthew Slater, who people have argued – you know, they don't put special teams players in the Hall of Fame, but if they ever put one in, it might be Matthew Slater. You know, Steve Tasker back in the day, Eagles fans know from Chris Maragos. Like, they watched Chris Maragos for years. Well, they figured out really quickly, all right, that's a good special teams player. 
I mean, it stands out just as much as a good receiver or a good running back. Um, the problem is those guys typically don't do anything else well. Mm. So they can't play a position, and the Eagles seem to believe that you need to play a position. You can't just be a special teams player. Um, and I don't know why that philosophy changed. And I, I, I you know, I, I generally give this organization credit for making good decisions, typically. And they, and they typically do make good decisions. I think, you know, recently we just talked about Isaiah Rogers a lot. I think that's a great move, a savvy move, uh, winning, you know, outside the margins type move. We all talk about all the time with the Eagles, um, you know, won't get them till 2024, but don't have to deal with other teams who wake up and say, we need a cornerback. So I give them credit for stuff like that. And then I say, they just watched the Super Bowl. They, they just saw it. the Seapods <laughs> play. And, and, you know, now I'm not going to overstate the fact that right now they don't have a punter because, as I said, obviously they're going to have a punter. Right. But they also cut the punt returner in, in Britton Covey, and they'll probably get him back on the practice squad. Um they don't really have an impactful kickoff returner. Um, it's just they seem to put it on the back burner now. And it's not as important because of the rule changes, certainly. Uh, certainly kickoff returns are not as important. So that works both ways, not only the returner, but the coverage unit. That's the only thing I can come up with. They're saying because of the rules it's not as important um, to build up the special teams. They're probably right to a certain degree, but boy, when you, when you fall apart in a big spot and it's not just, um, it's not just the Eagles. You remember San Francisco beat Green Bay. Green Bay was destroying them, uh, but it was a bad weather game uh, mm -hmm. and, and the offense couldn't get going. They were clearly the better team, but they were, they struggled on special teams the entire year. And all of a sudden block punt San Francisco wins the game. It's still meaningful, even though sort of like running back, you, nobody cares about running back right until up until need they, <laughs> they need a running back. Yeah. So are there, you know, we spoke about some names that you were surprised, right? That got that kind of got cut. You know, Kavon Wallace, uh, Brent Covey. You know, guys like that. Were there any guys that made this roster, made the initial roster, as you would say? Uh, were there any guys uh, that made this roster that maybe was a head scratcher for you? No, not a head scratcher. I mean, I, I picked Garner to make it over Ricks, but we we've been talking about that a lot. I mean, Ricks made the splashy plays, so it, mm -hmm. it it didn't surprise me. In fact, you know, I that was sort of like a curveball to try to beat everybody in the roster pool, hoping the Eagles would say, "Hey, we need a special teams player. Let's keep Garner." Um, so I, I wouldn't say it was a surprise. Uh, but he was the only undrafted uh, kid to make it. Uh, the biggest uh, surprise to me was just how deep they went on the defensive front. I mean, 13 right. is ridiculous. I, I How many did he keep last year, if you remember? Uh, I think it was 10. Might have been 11. 
but you know, and I, I even got them to 12, but I couldn't get to 13. So, and I wrote on, on SI, uh, um, you know, Contavious street was my 54th guy mm. and I wanted to get him on the roster, but I just couldn't figure out a way to get him on the roster. And for the Eagles, they just said, we're putting him on the roster. <laughs> it doesn't matter. Right. Um, and they're going light. I never imagined they'd keep four receivers. I mean, you can't go through an NFL season with four receivers. You can't. So do so. you think the, so them going so deep on his defensive line, right? You know, guys like Moro Jomo and Katavia Street, you know, the guys on the bottom end of it. Uh, do they, they're clearly showing that they think so highly of this group that they're afraid to allow them to hit free agency or to hit the waiver wire. And then with the wide receiver group, they only kept four, which tells me that they they weren't as impressed or confident in any of those guys that they brought in to try to compete to make their roster. You know, how, how do you think they should balance that? How do you think they will balance that in the future? How many receivers do you think they will actually have when the season actually starts? And, you know, how many dilemma do you think they will actually have on this roster when the season actually starts, given that this is the initial well, uh, I, roster? I've said, you know, right away, I, they have to add a punter, so that's one roster spot. And I think they're going to have to add a wide receiver, and that's two. Um, and so you have to find two So who are the uh, roster now? spots. One, I would think, would be Grant Calcaterra right off the bat. I can't imagine they would go four tight ends for an extended period of time. Um, so I think they'll hope to get him ultimately through to the practice squad. Um, then there's, you know, Moro Jomo had the concussion injury. Perhaps they can put him on injured reserve for four games and get a roster spot that way. Mm. Um but, yeah, it's curious. I mean, Contavious Street is a perfect example, Tone. Like, look, he's not going to play, and he's on a one-year deal as a veteran. And it's like, don't get me wrong, he's an NFL player. He's, in my opinion, unquestionably one of the 53rd, 53 best Eagles. But – it's not about keeping the 53 best players. You need certain numbers at each position. Um, and I haven't even gotten a linebacker. Can you go through a season with three linebackers? I don't, I don't think so. So um, that that's the third spot you have to deal with. Um, so, you know, I'm trying to think Goodrich was back at practice, so they probably can't play the IR game with him. Um, but, you know, somebody could come up with a sprained ankle uh, this week. They're going to practice uh, tomorrow and Thursday before they're off over the weekend. Um, and, you know, they can maybe finagle something injured reserve-wise. But if you're asking me who's likely to get released – I would say Grant. I I I thought the the minute they announced the trade, I thought he wasn't going to make the team. So that would mm. be that would be where I would go first. Um, and then clearly, I mean, they don't want to cut Ricks, and I I don't think they want to cut Goodrich. They would have if they wanted to cut Ricks, they would have cut him today. So they're not going to cut him tomorrow. Um, same thing with Goodrich, and they need a backup slot. So. I think it would be more likely to, to get 
a spot through an injured reserve designation. So are there any players that you think the Eagles may be targeting who have been cut by other teams? We know the linebacker room most likely is going to end up with, you know, Zach Cunningham and Kobe Dean, you know, starting out. Uh, but I'm curious, you know, and again, we, we talked about the special teams, you know, lacking talent, right? Lacking some high impact guys. Are there any guys that you think the Eagles could be targeting uh, in free agency from other teams who've been cut to maybe round out that special teams group? Yeah, I mean, I, I haven't, you know, I've been immersed in Eagles cuts, so I haven't really seen uh, other teams cuts uh, other than the ones that have gone to my email. Um, so, you know, I'm very early in the process, um, you know, just spending time down here trying to figure out the Eagles cuts. So haven't been able to to look at uh, other teams fully uh, right now, but certainly, yeah, I mean, they, they need special teams players and generally where do you get them? They're generally your best special teams players are backup linebackers, backup receivers or backup defensive backs. Um, so there's certain guys, um, Kaylee Ringo, you know, hasn't looked ready all summer as a corner yet, but he's going to have to play on special teams and he's going to have to be successful. Uh, Mario Goodrich is going to have to play on special teams. He's going to have to be successful. Christian Ellis is going to have to continue to be the best special teams player on this team, but they don't have another linebacker to help them, um, which they had last year with Sean Bradley until he got hurt. Um, you know, that fifth receiver generally has to help on special teams, whether it's a punt returner or whether it's a coverage guy. Um, Josh Job is going to have to help on, on special teams. So um, they need to add numbers of wide receiver. Um, and, and I guarantee they had a fifth wide receiver um, at some point pretty quickly. And linebacker, I mean, look, T.J. Edwards and, and Kaiser White played 20 games last season. To expect that again at a position where you generally take a pounding is probably a little bit pie in the sky. So to get through a season with three linebackers, I, I, I don't think that's feasible. Yeah, you know, especially with Nicobe Dean, he already had an injury uh, in training camp, and then Zach Cunningham has a lengthy injury history of his own. Um, it's kind of hard to believe that this linebacker core, especially as it's presently built, it's kind of hard to believe that that, t that core can last uh, a 17-game season, per hopefully a 20-game season if you're trying to get back to the Super Bowl. Um, John, you know, uh, I know you're out there at the Newcastle Complex. I know you're not in your usual digs uh, during the show, so I want to try to keep this show as tight as I possibly can. Uh, my final question for you um, pertains to Derek Barnett. Now, you know, rumors, trade rumors, as a matter of fact, have begun to surface um, when it comes to Derek Barnett. We know they restructured his contract uh, earlier on in the offseason. Um, what have you heard um, about Derek Barnett and those trade rumors? Um, who appear to be the key players uh, in this deal? And uh, what do you think the Eagles are potentially hoping to get back for the former first-round pick? Well, I, I don't know if they're going to trade them. Um, 
now because, you know, Nolan Smith has all of a sudden this shoulder injury and all of a sudden he becomes more valuable. Um, mm. Nolan hasn't practiced now for five, five consecutive practices. So just about two weeks. Um, and he made this weird comment and, and Dave was on the show to Dave Zangaro was on the show this morning, Birds 365, because that was the, the reporter who made the comment to something about his shoulder being his baby. And sometimes it works and sometimes it doesn't work. And we're right, right. Like, <laughs> I what, remember what that. the heck does that mean? Um, so all of a sudden, you know, is this degenerative? Is this going to be a problem? Um, I, I think the Eagles are going to be, you know, they, if you think about last year and they had an historic season rushing the passer with mm-hmm. 70 sacks and they still weren't happy because Derek tore his ACL in week one in Detroit and they didn't have that fourth guy. Right. And they were hoping it was going to be Patrick Johnson. They didn't get enough out of Patrick Johnson. They traded for Robert Quinn. That didn't work out. Um, and they want four guys. And if it ain't going to be Nolan Smith, it's got to be Derek Barnett. Now, the problem is Derek Barnett's only 27 years old. And, you know, he wants playing time because he's got only this one year left on his deal. So he's still trying to get another deal somewhere else. It's most likely not going to be here. But, you know... How do you get a a decent contract? Well, you got to play. So that is from his perspective, what fueled the trade demand. But all Mm -hmm. of a sudden the Eagles are like, well, he is going to play. So they don't want to trade him. But to answer your question, what could they get back? You're talking a day three pick, maybe a conditional six round pick. Best Mm -hmm. case scenario. That can move up to a five, more likely just a six. Um, but I don't think the Eagles want to trade him. I really don't. Yeah, you bring up a good point, especially especially with Nolan um, having that shoulder injury that he's been nursing, you know, for quite some time. And then, you know, from Derek Burnett's perspective, you definitely understand where he's coming from. He wants to get that playing time. But, you know, in Philly, like you said, he he's going to get the opportunities to rush the quarterback for sure. Um, we saw many guys on this Eagles defensive line get double-digit sacks, so – um, I think he's going to have plenty of opportunity if he's making the most of those opportunities. I think he'll have uh, plenty of chances to get at the quarterback for sure. And also, I didn't bring up Hassan Reddick. He's going to play, but remember, he's coming back from thumb surgery, and he's going to have to play with some kind of protective device, and he doesn't even know what that's going to be yet because they're still working through some things. So mm. Hassan Reddick is is working through some injury stuff as well. So all of a sudden – you know, you start seeing the insurance policy become a little bit more valuable uh, from the Eagles standpoint. If everybody was healthy, you know, Derek wasn't going to play very much at all. But all of a sudden, you already got two guys. You got one guy who's injured and another guy who's banged up. Things can things can, you know, go in a negative direction pretty quickly. Absolutely. And then you, you couple that with, you know, the the questions at linebacker and safety. If you're not able to get to the quarterback, you're going to be putting a lot of stress on, you know, veterans like Darius Slay and James Bradbury. And then, 
you know, more pressure on these more, more pressure on a very inexperienced uh, safety group and totality. Um, when you think about Reed Blankenship back there, uh, and Sidney Brown, but I think you and I are both, are both on the same page at this point. It's likely Terrell Evans would probably be that guy. Um, yeah, I might, I might be leaning towards Justin Evans, but interesting. It, interesting. But it might be, it, it, it might, it, it'd be either or Terrell Edmonds or Justin Evans, and they're both veteran players, but they're right. new here. Right. Um, just from the standpoint of, it's more about the scheme, and they generally want coverage safeties, and that would be Justin Evans's strength more than Terrell Edmonds. So, but you know. They're, they've been so uncertain at, at the safety position opposite Reed. It wouldn't be. It wouldn't surprise me if it's Terrell, if it's Evans, or or Sydney. Wouldn't wouldn't surprise me at all if it's any of the three. And that's not a good thing because that means there's uncertainty. We we know Reed Blankenship is the starter because we know he's taken every first team rep, uh, and that's a good thing when you're certain about a player. All we've seen at that other position is uncertainty. Yeah, absolutely. You guys heard it here first, man. That's John McMullen on location at the Novocare Complex, giving you all the inside scoops when it comes to your uh, Philadelphia Eagles on the initial cut day for the Philadelphia Eagles. More moves to come. Uh, so many moves that have left have been made and revealed. But best believe uh, this is going to be a really interesting offseason. And we know Harry Roseman is very prone to making a lot of moves around that August 30th date. So uh, I'm looking forward to that. Um, John, anything you're working on, anything that's coming up for you on SI.com, uh, JacobSports.com, and can you uh, keep us abreast on uh, what's coming up for the Philadelphia Eagles schedule-wise? Uh, yeah, I am going to write about uh, seemingly leaving uh, poor Michael Clay out to dry. Uh, <laughs> uh, and we'll see how that shakes out after the next couple days. Um, as far as the Eagles, they are back on the practice field tomorrow at three o'clock. It's a little bit later and they're actually going to practice at Lincoln financial field. Okay. Um, it's a little bit later than usual because tomorrow is, you can start building your practice squad at one o'clock. So they want to get as many guys on the practice squad back so they can have them at practice. Um, and waivers uh, uh, have started 12 o'clock um, tomorrow. So, um, again, the waiver wire, the Eagles are up against it because they're 31st. Um, but, yeah, there's always a chance they can claim somebody and nobody else wants them. And I would think it would be, as I said, receiver potentially or linebacker would be most likely there you have it, you guys make sure you smash that like button make sure you guys continue to stay engaged on jacob sports as you guys already know tomorrow we have a full slate of content ready for you guys at 8 a.m eastern time you have birds 365 with jody mack and john mcmullen at 12 p.m eastern time you have sports take with Derek gunn and rob ellis and then at 3 p.m eastern time you have the national football show with Dan Cilio. Make sure you guys always stay locked in on Jacob Sports, providing you the best and most, most how can I put this, uh, the most captivating uh, sports talk in the market right now. Make sure you guys stay locked in on that as well. Uh, this has been Football 24-7 on Jacob Sports. I'm your guy, Tony DeShields the second. He's John McMullen, our Eagles insider. Take care, you guys, and we'll see you next time. 
Get ahead of postage rate increases this year with Stamps.com. It's like your own personal post office. Sign up with promo code PROGRAM for a four-week trial plus free postage and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's Stamps.com code PROGRAM.